Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I think I have the flu. Oh no, not you too. <laughs> oh, right Here's before vacation. I'm like, I'm supposed to be leaving oh, no. for Australia tomorrow. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like sweating, coughing, sneezing. I feel terrible. You didn't look that you didn't look at all sick last night. I didn't feel it. Honestly, when we hung out last night, I was fine. Honestly, I woke up today. I was like, oh, a little sneeze and another sneeze. And I'm like, wait, are you supposed to sneeze five times in a row? Oh no. Damn it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It declined from there. And I'm like, oh, my God. I have not even packed. I'm like, Jarrell's like, so are you going? I'm like, I am. <laughs> my dad, I called my dad earlier, and he has the flu. Tis the Ooh. season. Is that what it is? It's probably. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is uh, this is the time when it's just starting to spread around. I don't know. Do you ever get – I get. I got the flu shot last year. Um. And I haven't had the flu, so I guess maybe I should do it again. I guess it worked. Have you gotten the flu shot? No, I've never gotten the flu shot before. You should probably get the flu shot. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I know it doesn't, like, cover all the types of flus, but, yeah, you should definitely get the flu shot. And it's not – like, you can do it anywhere. Like, you can go to CVS, Dwayne Reed, or your doctor, obviously. I just we – just, we just went to Dwayne Reed, me and my coworker. Um, cause my, yeah, that's what happened last year. One of my, two of my coworkers got the flu and we were like, not today. And <laughs> we, on our lunch break, <laughs> went to Dwayne Reed and got the shot. Yeah. I heard it makes you get the flu though. I heard. Um, no, it, it shouldn't. I mean, I, I, I actually, I experienced that one time I got the flu vaccine, like, uh, I forget. It must've been like five or six years ago. And I did get sick afterward, but like for a day or two, I had like a head cold. Um, that is like for some people that happens, but I think the, I don't know, last year I didn't have any complications. Um, so now, I mean, consult your doctor, I guess, but you got it now. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I, mean, I know we're hopefully... self-diagnosing you. I know. <laughs> Tell me what mic. Dr. Google said. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, just tea. I've been like, I'm going to like take some NyQuil with me on the plane since I'm going to be on it for hours and hours and hours anyway so hopefully i can um hopefully the person next to me won't mind my snoring that i'm sure i'll be doing oh no but you know such is life <laughs> you know this is how epidemics get spread one person gets on right. a plane with the oh, virus i'm thinking about flu with me to australia <laughs> no <sighs> that's rough though. um 
Well, so I went to the doctor today and I was like, wait a minute. Cause I was like, you know what? Cause you know, we talked about last night how, well, I always tell y'all that I'm trying to get this, this baby started. And so this is my third doctor, but I wanted, you know, you just kind of test doctors out to try to figure out, do I like this one? And I really like this one. So I think she's the go. Um, and so she, she, I have to get like a full, um, uh, what is not a mammogram? Uh, what's that, um, sound? What's that thing when they put the stuff on your stomach? If usually it's when you have a baby, but you can look for other stuff. The um Oh, you know that ultrasound goop. Yes, the ultrasound. So I have to go for an ultrasound, but she said she could tell. She felt it. She was like, Oh yes, you have very large fibroids. She's a Tiffany. So apparently fibroids are like these fleshy, typically benign tumors. They're like red, like not red, but pink, like rubbery balls basically that grow in the lining of your uterus so if you think of a uterus it kind of looks like a little girl's head with ponytails coming out the side those are the fallopian tubes i mean and so the 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 um the fibroids kind of grow on the fleshy part of the head and so she was like that mine are so big that my uterus is like the size of someone who's four months pregnant oh wow i was like I know. I couldn't believe she said four or five months. Because remember, I kept telling you before, I used to be like, I always have this little pouch. I always have this little pouch. And she was like, yeah, this has to be, like, if you want to have a kid, you have, you're going to have to have surgery. And I was like, no. Uh, so I just kind of want to give everybody an update. Because I know there's other women who are dealing with five words. You guys have, like, messaged me and stuff. And so, uh, you know, I just was like, you know, and I... Yeah, she just said, you know, because there's not going to be any room, basically. She's like, sometimes women can have children with fibroids because, and, and sometimes also, too, that um, the hormones, if you're pregnant, the fibroids actually grow. And she was like, yours are, are significantly big, Tiffany. I think she said anything over nine centimeters or something like that, they really tell you to have them taken out because you're, if not, you're, you're high, it's, your pregnancy is um, highly likely to end in a miscarriage. Okay. And of course, obviously, I don't, you know, I don't want that, obviously. So yeah. just because there's literally no space, like if I'm already like this, if they basically if my fibroids are taking up the space of a four month old baby, like where does the real baby go? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I was and just this like, is your wow. second opinion, right? Because you had gone it's my third, your third, yeah, okay. my third. Yeah. Because I just was said, you know, like I, because I had gone before, and I was just like, okay, and I got again, and it was a guy, and he was like, right away, he was like, you need surgery. I just, I felt like it was so abrupt. I was like, man, you don't know what you're talking about. And yeah. so I asked a girlfriend of mine who was like, I got a really awesome doctor because she has fibroids, and she was like, she's amazing. And so I went, and honestly, her staff was amazing. Shout out to Dr. Parchment in Maplewood. She, the staff was amazing. Everyone was so nice and so like, and her energy was just so great. And, um, yeah, she was just like, you know, obviously I have to get an ultrasound to see like what's really happening. She's like, but I can feel and I can see, cause literally you can, like, if you touch someone just like belly, you know, you, she's like, if they're big enough, you can feel them. She's like, I can feel them. She's like, you feel this lump right here. Cause you know, you, you when it's your body, you don't think about it. I'm just like, I have a little belly. And yeah. She's like, nope, this right here. My brother's just like, what? You know? And she was like, literally, it's like, she was like, like your uterus is supposed to be where you know how people have to foop up between your your hoo-ha and your, your, um, and your belly button. Sure. That's where your, your, that's where your uterus is supposed to basically sit. And she was like, the fibroids are pushing up. You're like, it's like past your belly button. And I was like, uh -huh. what? So, and fibroids are typically hereditary. Um, you know, not always, but typically. And I know I've definitely heard of people like she's like, sometimes they're small enough where you can get laser surgery or you can shrink them. And, but she was like, if you're wanting to have a child, you know, I, I really don't see any other option besides surgery. And, 
surgery is, she does a surgery actually, which I was like, well, how many years have you been doing this? She said 20. And she said that she, um, she basically is in the OR. She said every week, and this is a surgery she does quite often. And she said, honestly, the majority of her patients go on to have kids. So she was like, you know, I mean, obviously there's no guarantee, but she was like, that's, you know, and I said, okay, so I want to have surgery, which I'm like, ah, she's, I'll be out of commission basically, like, especially for the first two weeks, but really it's six weeks recovery at home. I said, well, thankfully I, you know, I basically work from home. She was like, well, you know, you'll be able to, you'll just be home. Yeah. And I said, oh, so I just wanted to give y'all an update about some real life ish. Well, so what's going on in your neck of the woods? (laughs) I'm on neck of the woods, Al Roker. Um, you know, (laughs) things are fine. Um, things are good. It's the end of the month, which is like the craziest month at work, at work for us. But, um, I wanted to talk real quick. I I read this headline and I couldn't believe it, but I actually had a really scary moment and I'm a little shook. I might have agreed with president Trump on something. Ah, what happened? And I, I don't know quite what that means about me. So what happened was, so we all know that the Republicans are trying to push through some tax reforms, like they have failed and failed and failed to push through an Obamacare repeal. And this is like their last chance before the year ends to like actually do something productive with their time. So um, back in a few months ago, I think Trump released his proposal for tax for the uh, tax changes. And essentially, he's, you know, calling for some tax cuts to the middle class to to basically all income brackets, um, some tax cuts, but his plan was so vague. It was basically like just a couple of pages. And Mm -hmm. it's been up to the the Republicans in Congress to like actually fill in the gaps and come up with a way to pay for the tax cuts. Because, you know, obviously, every all the great public works that we have are paid for by taxes. So when you reduce taxes on people, you're reducing revenue. And Mm -hmm. anyhow, so the Republicans are at work right now going back and forth and like, how are we going to pay for these tax cuts? And apparently there was rumors that they were discussing decreasing the amount of money that we can put into our 401k, like pre-tax. Yeah, that's what everyone said. (laughs) Say what? So we like you can put up to $18,000 away. This is a huge tax benefit for everybody. I mean, every worker, no matter your income. And it's one of the few really good tax breaks that I think the, the average Joe actually qualifies for without needing like, you know, Donald Trump's accountant doing his higgledy piggledy and getting him out of taxes. Um, so it's, it was like, it caused this whole kerfuffle and like everyone was kind of freaking out for the hot minute, but then Trump tweeted and he said, there is no way we're going to be reducing your 401k contribution. He said, this is a great tax cut for the middle class and it works. It's not going away. I'm paraphrasing, but, um, Mm. that is what, and I was like, oh, oh, I was looking really hard. I was like, but uh, uh, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Hey, I can say that I agree. I agree. Um, That's scary, though. I mean, it's just, I feel like, you know, it sounds great to say you're going to reduce taxes and everyone wants to hear tax cuts, tax cuts, tax cuts, but you have to pay for them somehow. And it's like, it may feel good to get a tax cut, but if they're going to be reducing benefits that you enjoy on the back of it, then really you're not winning, like when everything is added up. So it's just interesting. Um, So that's what's happening in on, on Capitol Hill. I feel like a broken clock is right twice a day. I love that so. expression. Mm, I was waiting for that. I say, you know what? Let me pull out an old granny <laughs> expression. So you know what? If it says 12 o'clock 
on that clock, guess what? Twice a day, it'll be 12 o'clock. It don't mean that the clock is working now. It just <laughs> means, you know, sometimes things are in alignment. <laughs> Trump is no, a broken whatever, clock. You know. Yeah, it. he is certainly a broken clock. But I'm just saying, but thankful. I'm glad that he said that. I'm going to give him, you know, or that statement, it's props. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is like semi-random, but have you ever heard of Forex? I feel like a lot of people are doing that now. Foreign exchange like funds? For- yeah, Forex trading. Um, yeah, I've heard of it, but, um, I'm not, not really, I know it's just random. I was just scrolling through my, my timeline and someone was like, Oh, taking my Forex classes. And I was just thinking to myself, I've heard of like Forex, but I'm not super familiar. I'm not going to lie. So I just was like, "Hmm, maybe Mandy knows. Cause I see so many women are like, uh, taking or, or more and more women, which I like are starting to invest more, you know, like I know a lot of my friends are taking investments. I think I mean, my the only, all I know about forex trading is I think it's where you just you trade currencies like okay. you invest in different foreign currencies on the like because you say okay well it looks like I don't know the British pound is doing really well right now so I'm going to invest in pounds or like the British pound is plummeting right now so I'm going to scoop some up because they're cheap and then wait for it to rise again and then convert it I, that's my idea. Don't quote me. Oh. But I, think that's, I think that is the concept of Forex trading. And um, I don't know. It sounds really complicated to me. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've never been super when it comes to traditional. And I mean, well, traditional, even traditional investing outside of like I can buy a house. I'm one of those investors. There's this guy named Tony Hirsch. He owns Zappos or he I don't know if he's still the founder, but he's some billionaire guy. Oh, yeah. And I remember really relate you know, relating to him because he said he didn't get stocks and stuff. So he didn't, that's not what he invested in. Instead, he invested in businesses and like, um, um, I guess, uh, real estate and tangible things. Cause he didn't quite understand it. He didn't believe in investing in a space that he didn't understand or wasn't willing to at least put the energy into understanding. And I feel like that, that like when it comes to stocks, I mean like enough, but not well enough to feel really comfortable by putting a whole lot of money in, you know? And I also don't feel like, I'm all that interested in learning, which sounds terrible. So I'm like, mm. but then I told myself it's okay. Cause there's other types of investing, right? You can invest in, in businesses, you can invest in real estate. There are other things that to invest in. Although I do have like my, my, not my 401k, but like my, um, I do have a retirement account, obviously that's invested, um, in stocks and stuff like that. But I have a financial advisor and even though I'm like, I don't know half the stuff you're talking about, but I'm like, explain again. Man. And why again? <laughs> <laughs> no, you should. I feel like I'm just now getting the hand, like getting, I feel confident in my abilities to invest my retirement and invest in a brokerage fund outside my retirement. And I feel really proud of that. And now like this, this, like this, like these, I don't know, these, these, I don't know, AP class investment things are just a little mm-hmm. bit, I haven't quite gotten there yet. And especially like when you start switching financial advisors, I'm sure my financial advisor does not listen. <laughs> um, hey James, but like I broke up fired? with James. Oh no. Huh? no I don't, right. I know. And it was so weird. So I switched over to Frank because I, you know, cause I started with James as a fee based cause you know, there's two types of ways that you can pay your, um, financial advisor. You can, it's fee based where wait, fee based is when you actually just pay the lump sum. Right. And then there's, uh, there are financial advisors that get paid based upon your portfolio, like a percentage typically under 1%. So I started with James, but I didn't have any money really because I didn't have any money to pay him. And so he got paid on my portfolio, which is not ideal, but at least I was starting. 
And then I was like, okay, now that I'm doing better, I don't want someone because if if I want to make sure that someone is being paid based upon their performance, not based upon my money that's sitting there, you know? And so I, I switched over to, so me paying someone, um, you know, versus them getting paid off my portfolio. So I switched over. And when you switch over, I was rolling over my accounts from James to Frank. But I didn't tell James because I was like, ah, because, you know, we're breaking up. And I didn't like, so I kind of ghosted him. And so when you have to sign the paperwork, and I'm sure Frank had to send the paperwork over to James. And then the other day, James called me. And I was like, ah! I didn't pick up, though. And I still haven't listened to his message. <laughs> I feel like such a, like such a, like I'm running for my ex-boyfriend. I'm running for my ex-financial advisor. I'm going to call him and let him know. I'm so sorry. It's not you. It's not you. It's just that I've grown. I'm just in a different space. <laughs> I just, That's okay. I'm moving forward. I know, but it feels <laughs> like don't ghost so them. I mean, they're professionals. We actually had to, we didn't break up, but we did. We were doing monthly, we were paying our financial uh, planner monthly um, for a year. And then once the year was up, we, we reassessed and we're like, we really don't need monthly. We don't need, we don't need to pay 200 bucks a month for monthly calls. I mean, we have a good handle on our finances. So we just, I just sent her an email and I said, okay, we'd like to switch to biannually and just have a checkup and December at the end of the year and then have another one midway through the year um, instead. And she was totally cool with it. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to let him know. I mean, we weren't breaking up with him. Also, we had to break up with her. We did break up with our couples counselor and that was kind of awkward. Really? Um, yeah. Cause we did the, we did premarital counseling before the wedding and that was really helpful Especially because it's such a stressful time, man. And then um, for we went like a couple of times, I think after the wedding, but I don't know. It was like the second or third time where I was like, I don't know why we're doing this. Like we're really struggling to find things to talk about. Like let's wait until we have some issues um, to really talk about. And that was tough because she kept texting and emailing and stuff. And I was like, I don't You're know. like, I'm like, when's your, when to book your next appointment? Let's book it right now. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you did. You had to eventually send the breakup email. This is adulting, man. Yes, it is. I'm like, I'm sorry, James. I'm going to break up with you officially when I get back from Australia. I promise. Yeah. Like I said, James doesn't listen. I know James is like, gosh darn it. <laughs> also, James and what was the other one? Frank. Those are like Frank, exactly yeah, what a financial planner's name should be. I know, right? <laughs> they may or may not be real names, so whatever. You know, knowing me, they're likely real names. Here's but what whatever. I actually I should I should mention this because one of the things I found out about, and this is something that I think people don't realize, um, but like financial planners. So uh, my financial planner, she has a CFP designation. She's also a registered investment advisor, but we didn't use her for investment planning, just financial planning. But one mm -hmm. of the things I've learned is that they don't know everything. Like yeah. CFP training does not cover a lot of things that millennials are going through, like student loan debt and even just buying a house. Like one of my colleagues is currently studying to become a certified financial planner and she's uh, studying, she's taking the classes, doing the coursework part of getting the CFP. It takes like years to become an official CFP certified. So yeah. anyway, and she's just like telling me the most mind-blowing things about how they don't, they barely talk about student loan debt. They barely talk about buying a house. So when you're shopping for a financial planner, like if you have those specific issues, I'll just say really interview them and, and test their knowledge of those things. Because I think you all, I remember we talked about how my financial planner didn't, like when we were paying off uh, my husband's student loan debt, like it was a lot of money we were we were paying off. And like you found out, you can call if you're ready to pay off the loan and try and negotiate a discount for the loan yeah. balance that you owe. 
And she didn't know 10 that. 10 to 15%. Yeah. Uh, yep. 10 and, to 15%. Yeah. And so I had that moment where I was like, oh, and she's like, oh, yeah, I had no idea. I was like, but <laughs> you're supposed to know everything, aren't you? No, <laughs> they don't know everything. No. They and, don't. Uh, and we were talking about mortgages one time and I think my husband had asked what a um, what a 5-1 adjustable rate mortgage was. And being a personal finance editor, I had just edited a story and published a story on our website about 5-1 adjustable rate mortgages. And I hear the tap, tap, tapping from our financial planner. And she's like, oh, look, Magnify Money says that adjustable rate mortgage. And I was like, wait, you're Googling it? Oh, no. Wow. So, so that's what I'm saying when they, they don't really teach. They don't go really, really in depth into the mortgage and student loan product. And that's an issue I think they're going to have if they want if they want millennials to hire CFPs, yep. they need to train them. I think that's why you see yeah. so many like financial planners, these young financial planners doing these like courses and, and doing this continuing education and stuff and learning the things that their clients are asking them. Because I don't know, I feel like the CFP exam isn't really preparing people like properly. For, for, like, for real life things. It's like, because you're right. <clears throat> I think it was like one, I read an article, I can't remember, I don't know if it was Forbes, like um, that there's this uh, one don't mind me. My brain is like so on like a uh, flu mode. Like, Meah. so there's this, this is one, I guess, uh, thing that you can offer millennials that makes them like 30% more likely to, to say yes to your job. And that's uh, student loan forgiveness or some sort of student loan program. Mm. Because more and more, you know, like I, I couldn't believe when one of my mentees was telling me her interest rate was like 9%. I'm like, on your student loan? Because mine is under 3%. You know, and I'm like, what? It's just, and remember we met somebody like the other night and his was like 2%. I guess that's back when the government actually wanted you to pay them off yeah. uh, these days. <laughs> People who took out you know? loans like in the seven year period between like 2000 to 2007 ish, like they, yeah, they can have eight and 9% federal loans. That's crazy. They need to refinance those ASAP. Like there's no yeah, need to I, have a 9% student loan. Mm mm. A student loan. Is that a house? Like, is that a car? Not even. There are cars and homes that have better interest rates. Because honestly, my interest rate right now, last time I checked for a house was like 4%. So, oh, yeah. 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 That's tragic. Yeah, they definitely need to refinance. Especially if you if you have a federal, not if not if you have a um a federal loan, but you need to refinance if you have a um private loan. Because typically those are the loans that are that high. Yeah, that's the sucky thing about federal loans is even you have the you have the federal loan consolidation program, but it's which is basically it's kind of like a refi except they don't reduce your interest rate at all. Typically, <laughs> typically, yeah. like if you have if you have several student loans taken out over the same period, like around the same time, you probably have a similar student or sorry, a similar interest rate, and so they just average all your interest rates and give you one new interest rate. Which sucks, which is the reason why I think a lot of people with federal loans with those crazy high rates from the early 2000s are like, well, I'm, I, I'm considering like refinancing with a private lender like SoFi or LendKey or whatever because they yeah. can offer me a reduced interest rate. But yeah, only do that if you're really sure that you're going to be able to pay, make your payments because they, yeah, you, you give up all your federal protections um, when you do that. Yes. Critical. Critical. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. 
they understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Let's move on to brown boots and breaking. Yeah, brown boots, brown break. I know, right? Um, brown boots, brown break. I'm gonna make mine really simple because I am ready to collapse. I'm gonna take a brown break from sickness because <laughs> everyone is coughing. <laughs> I suspect I got it from my niece who was happily sneezing all in my face the other day because babies think I guess sneezing is fun, and she was Ooh. literally it was like back to back sneezing. No. I, was like, I know. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is this is where I've, I've gotten this this death from. Although I'm sure she'll make it. I don't know if I will. So, yeah, I'm going to take a brown boost, a brown break from having to travel, despite the fact of not feeling well. I always hate that person on a plane that's sneezing or coughing. I'm like, man, you should have stayed home. So do Meanwhile, I. you know, they probably, right? Meanwhile, they probably have to go somewhere. But me, and now it's going to be me. <laughs> but I'm oh. going to take NyQuil with me. <laughs> I feel for you because I-, I love you and my friend, but I am that person who's like, why did you get on this plane? <laughs> yeah. That is always me. I'm like, are you kidding me? Especially if they're behind you. And how long is this flight? How many hours? Oh my gosh. So it's like, uh, I have to go to LA. So from Newark to LA, it's like what, five hours or something. And then LA to Sydney, Australia is like 13 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I just knocked myself out. (laughs) Yeah, I am going to, honestly, I'm going to bring some um, NyQuil pills with me because I can't bring liquid because there's no way because you know like the plane it's already being on a plane it's already like your nasal cavity is already like funky let alone like yeah, not it really feeling right you out it does i honestly like bring like a little a little jar of vaseline with me when i go on a plane mm-hmm. because if not i come out like an old woman like uh, yeah. i don't know i'm like benjamin button yeah <laughs> yeah you should bring a nice bring a big scarf bring a blanket get really comfortable bring yep. a yeah bring some Vicks or whatever Maybe not Vicks. That'll stink the whole place up. I know, right? They'll be looking at me like, I mean, are you 80? <laughs> like that person who gets on the plane with fried chicken. There's one on every plane I've been on. Yeah. <laughs> really? I'm like, well, I've never seen that. I do a lot of flying. You know, I do a lot of flying to Charlotte, North Carolina now. And there's a Chick-fil-A in that airport. And I think a lot of people flying to New York get excited. Even though we have a couple of Chick-fil-A's now. And they go to Chick-fil-A and they get on the plane with it. And I'm like, at least it smells delicious. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I definitely seen that. <laughs> Plain etiquette. Well, then, um, I have a I have a break, but I'm gonna do a break for I'm gonna do I need to boost the flu shot because you need one of those, and everyone yes. should get the flu shot. Like maybe there's a slim chance that you might get a little bit sick after you get it, but there's it's almost certain that you get the flu if you don't get it. So yeah, clearly, it seems like it's worth <laughs> it. Just saying. <laughs> Um, okay. So my break was going to be, I'm actually going to tag team this break because I stole it from Twitter. Someone tweeted at us. Oh, I need to get her name real quick. Um, someone had tweeted that they wanted to take a brown break from office potlucks. And I almost did an amen, (laughs) sister friend in my office. Because right. I know that you don't have like this whole, you don't have the office culture, but for those of us who do, you know how awful it is when it's like, I don't know. Thanksgiving office potlucks like people don't try that hard when it's like an office potluck and then you got to sit there and and eat their dry 
Thanksgiving turkey or their like half-ass apple pie. And like the – it's really just like a brown break from like forced office interactions, like forced <laughs> office socialization, like in the office during the workday. Um, that is my brown break. And I, I, I just feel like why? I don't think that you have to necessarily – is this? Do I sound like really mean and whatever? I don't care. No, like, like, brown why do people we... never want to eat anybody else's food? I don't know one brown person. They're always like, mm, "Who made that potato salad, girl?" Mm-mm. Everybody, you know, this is every every brown person's favorite thing. Everybody can't. You can't eat everybody's potato salad. <laughs> like okay, no, that is... salad. I mean, you should be hesitant because that is. Yeah. Okay, I could easily go the other way. Um, yes, or just because people feel like everybody's dirty. <laughs> like I don't know how you cook at home. Look how you come to work. Oh, that's no, true. Too. I, I didn't think about the germs. Yeah, uh, uh-uh. uh. Like I'm always like, who made this? Like, if I do eat someone's food, Miss Mary. Oh, okay. I like Miss Mary. She's nice. I have for this. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be digging through our Twitter and find out who it was that tweeted at us. But uh, I feel you, girl. And uh, brown breaking from office potlucks. Yes. Thanksgiving is just around the corner. I know they're going to be coming for y'all. Yes, uh, I'm sure. I'm thank thank goodness I don't have to. I mean, I do sometimes miss the interaction. Um, but we try to hang out as much as we can on Slack. Ugh, I love Slack. Slack is bae. That's like a, um, our online. Slack is like for, I guess, like a messaging app for businesses. Oh, yeah. So, Slack, I think everyone must know what Slack is. I think I took a brown break from Slack once. Oh, really? I think you I did. Like, Slack. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can I, see that. I have so many Slack channels now. You know, like I have three, I think, for work. There's different like Slack personalities because, we, you know, we – owned by a different company then we have our own magnify money slack and then i have my friend slack um but i connected it to my phone and i can't get away i need to figure it out i did find the setting though where you can you can tell it when not to alert you like give it hours between like 8 p.m and 8 a.m no slacking um i have to say that that we select pretty responsibly like you know people don't (laughs) They don't go too hard and select, you know, like other than like a few questions here, there are clarity or something like that. What I do enjoy is that um, we have a Slack channel called Giggles and Chatter for my team, where it's just basically that's the that's the water cooler. So people will just be like, oh, isn't this dress cute? Or like, child, somebody come get my daughter. Look how she's dancing. Or like, you know, like, so it's just fun. So a lot of the Slack messages honestly have nothing to do with work. So it's just because we've got a lot. Everybody's got this great fun, crazy personality. So I enjoy, for the most part, when I get a notification, I know a lot of times it's in giggles and chatter. And then, you know, I would say mm, 60 to 65% giggles and chatter and then the rest like actual work. <laughs> yeah. Do you get the, I, a lot of people slack me and then if I don't answer right away, I get the email. And if I don't answer right away, they leave a comment. We work in Google Docs a lot. So I'll get the comment mm. in the doc that tags me and I'm like, I'm coming. I can't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me a minute. No. We don't uh, 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 like honestly, and even with with, with um, my team, I send it to you because I typically there's nothing that's like th- that the fire has to be put out very rarely, you know. And so yeah, so even if I send something, you know, I, I've learned like for the most part that that to do stuff in, in ahead of time. Every once in a while, I'm like, oh gosh, I waited too long. I hope Taylor sees this. And so I might Slack and then I might text like, hey Taylor, when you get a chance, go check your Slack, just because it's like it's. But I would say. That might happen 5% of the time that it's something urgent where I have to hit you multiple times. Yeah. So, because sometimes I'll get a slack, like, you know, like, because, you know, I like a daily nap. But sometimes, you know, I'll get a slack from, like, say, my admin, like, hey, Tiffany, there's an email that needs your attention. I'm like, mm, after this nap, ain't nobody dying from financial advice. 
Ooh, <laughs> yeah. ooh, I found the <laughs> hold on, I found the Twitter. Her name is Cece. She says, My coworkers okay. are cool, but being in an office means potlucks. Remember that episode of Seinfeld when Elaine was sick of eating office cakes? That's me. That's a good clip. Cece. I like that name. That's a nice sassy name. Cece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Do we have some good questions? Yeah, we do. We have a we have a really good question from listener. Ooh, it's Jenny, and it's not her real name, so I can use it. Okay. Jenny says, okay. I love the show. Um, yada, yada, yada. You guys are awesome. My question is, should I apply for a second major credit card or ask for an increase on the credit limit for the one MasterCard credit card that I already own? I used to have two major credit cards, but I, wet, I let one get closed by the credit card company. I know, I know, because I never used it. I now only have one major credit card, which I pay the balance off in full each month. I never put more than a few hundred dollars on it per month. Even if I put more, I paid off in full. The credit limit is $17,000, and I have no plans to ever use even close to the limit on the card, but I do want to look for a way to raise my credit score. I think right now it's in the mid-700s. Will having more available credit by opening a new credit card help raise my credit score? Help. Jenny. So, a few things, Jenny, Jenny, so Jenny, guess what movie? Let's see if you know. Life's like a box of chocolates. Yes, but what is the movie? What is the actual movie? Forrest Gump, come on. Yes. Come on. I wasn't sure. So, so Jenny, so first, knowing that if you're mid-700s, I'm assuming 750 or better, Congratulations, Jenny. You already have perfect credit. Thank you. So thank you. For yes, right. Because I, so many people are like, I want eight hundred. I want eight fifty. I want eight thirty. And I'm like, that's cute. But guess what's also an A plus seven fifty. So once you get to really seven fifty, I mean, an eight hundred is cute, but it's literally the same in the eyes of a of a lender. Mm-hmm. So. If you're already there, I wouldn't I wouldn't do anything extra. Like if you needed extra credit because you wanted to buy something, you know, or something like that, that's one thing. But if it's because you're trying to raise past a seven fifty, there's no need because you're not gonna get a better interest rate with the eight hundred. You know, I think people think that, but you're just not because yeah. So that's one. Um, but maybe in general we can answer the question for folks because Jenny, you're already there, girl. We woohoo, you at the finish line. But in general, for folks who are trying to raise their um credit score by by increasing their credit limit. Do you think that's a good idea, a bad idea? I think that, well, yes, the answer to her question is yes. When you have more available credit limit, it does help your score because it helps your utilization rate. It, it's mm-hmm. going gonna, gonna to be a lot harder for you to get over your... So basically, credit card companies or credit reporting bureaus, they want to see that you have self-control, that you're not going to, even if you have a $17,000 credit limit like Jenny, that you're not going to max it out and use it all the time. So ideally, you want to keep your utilization rate, uh, sorry, rate below 20%, up to 30%, but 20% to be safe, um, which is a lot harder to do if you only have one small credit card and, you know, it's $500 limit and you're constantly reaching, you know, way over your 20% utilization rate. Um, So that's why it can be good to have higher available limits, credit cards with a total available limit that's higher. Um, But I wouldn't like open a credit card just to get that additional space Um, just to get that additional credit limit. Unless I think, I mean, if you're really responsible with your credit 
and maybe you find a really amazing rewards card that you know you're going to be yeah. it's going to be a beneficial to you and it makes sense for you to have that card and you get additional benefits besides it also contributing to your available limit then yeah i mean open up that credit card but i i don't know if it's worth i don't think it's like a good idea just to open up a new credit card because you want more limit if you don't already know that like I can pay this down and I'm not going to abuse mm-hmm. it and I'm not just going to get more and more into debt. Exactly. And I, it's like, yeah, I agree, honestly, that you, it's, it does work, but it's only if you're not actually going to be using that credit card um, and, and kind of like abusing it, which so many folks do. People ask me all the time, like a, a brand asked me the other day if I would like push credit cards. And I was like, girl, you ask me this like every week. The answer is N, starts with the N, ends with the O. Although the one type of credit card that I do sometimes suggest is a secured card, you know, to help build your credit score. That is something different. But as far as like, cause I'm like, I don't think credit cards are the devil, but most people have a hard time managing with credit cards. So I don't want to be responsible for saying, hey, this is a great credit card. And then you, you know, you mess your, yourself up by getting one. Um, you know, travel cards are awesome. You see me and Mandy, we have that Al Venture card, our meta card looking all fancy when we go places. Um, but, um, you know, like that's not something that we're like, go get it, go get it, go get it. Because it's so easy to slip down the black hole of swipe, swipe, swipe and paying your minimum and then owing forever. Yep. I went through, yeah. but I, I did do this when I was in college. I got like my first credit card was a $300 Bank of America student credit card. And that just wasn't cutting it for me when I was in when I was out in the real world and I wanted to build credit. So I did. I did. I, I think at, my first step was to ask them for a credit limit increase, which I, you know, wasn't the smartest thing because I, there was a ton better credit cards I could have applied for and gotten out there, but I didn't know any better. But that's how I started. I asked for a credit limit incre- increase, which was a hard inquiry on my credit report, but did get me more available balance. That's one of the ways to go about it. Yeah. Right. Any any other great questions? Yeah, we have another we have another credit question. Um, she, okay. we can call her Tanya. She says, "Hey Tanya." Hey uh, Tanya. Tanya says, "My question is: My husband and I are currently saving for a down payment for a new home. We're planning to move this spring, 2018. I've been checking my credit on Credit Karma for a few months, and it's in the 690 area. One thing that is showing as negative toward my score is the number of open credit card accounts that I have. I have a paid off car." been paid off for three years, two credit cards, and one student loan. So because I don't have at least seven to 10 open credit lines, uh, karma, credit karma says my credit score won't move. So these are all closed. These are all old credit accounts. So like two okay. credit cards that are 10 years old and then one student loan, she says is 12 years old and then a paid off car. Um, she says, do you suggest that I open a couple of the recommended credit cards on credit karma to boost my score or will doing this lower my score because I'm applying for more credit? My ultimate goal is to have the highest possible credit score so we can get the lowest possible rate for a home loan this spring. I know. This is a tricky time first, before you're buying a house to be opening yes. your credit. So first, let's. whenever someone tells you something, I want you first to look at the messenger and say, what is your motivation, messenger? So, I mean, no shade to Credit Karma because they're a business. But Credit Karma gives you a free credit score. How do you think Credit Karma makes their money? By you opening up credit cards. Here's a dirk little secret that I'm sure some financial folks listening might be like, no, don't tell them. So a lot of these brands, 
because brands have approached me, so this is how I know, to say, hey, Tiffany, if you have people sign up for a credit card, we'll give you a special budget needs to link to have people sign up for XYZ credit card. And we'll give you, I've been offered up to $200, $250 per person. Can you imagine for you to sign up for a credit card? And I said, no, because see, I love y'all because I'm like, uh, I'd rather kind of get into the gates of heaven one day. So the answer (laughs) is no. (laughs) I'm like, there's got to be another way without selling y'all souls to the devil. So, you know, but, and I'm not saying the credit card is the devil, but just know that oftentimes you're going to get a solution on sites like that, that say, get a credit card, not necessarily because it benefits you, but because that's how they pay their bills. Because if I'm getting offered 150 to 200 something dollars, I can only imagine what they get. So just be mindful. It doesn't mean that getting a credit card is bad. It just means that you want to be discerning on who's giving that, the, um, the, the advice. So, uh, uh, so putting that to the side, like you don't need to open two or three credit cards. That just doesn't, you don't, but it doesn't mean that opening up a credit card. I mean, if you're going to get a house, you should not be opening up a credit card with six months to like six to eight months. Really, I would say a year before getting a house because you don't want to ding right before, you know, you're getting a house because there are other ways. Do you have, does she say, does she have any credit cards at all right now? She says she has a paid off car, two credit cards, that it seems like from her, she says two credit cards and then in parentheses it says 10 years, which I think might mean that they're 10 years old and they're no longer active. But it, okay. But like how is a credit card no longer active? I, unless they're closed, if that's what you're saying. If these two she cards are open. If, she doesn't say if they're closed, but if they're open, she should be able to just like use them. Yes. I would go ahead, girl. Go, you know what you do? If, if those two cards are open, look at your cheapest bills like Netflix and like maybe the gym, have them charge those two cards and pay them off in full every month. Paying off your debt in full every month is going to do more for you than opening up a new card. You know? So that's what I would suggest. And if you have no credit cards at all that are open, then you might want to consider getting a card and just paying it off in full every month. But if you have cards, just charge a, charge a little nominal something under 20 bucks, pay it off in full every month. And you should start to see your, your credit score go up depending on the other things that you have going on. The two things that make the most um, difference in your credit score are utilization, like Mandy talked about, meaning of your limit, how close to your limit are you? How close is your balance to your limit? You really want, if you're going to get a house, for your balance to be like 10, no more than 10, 15% of what your limit is right? So that's 30% and 35% of your credit score is your um, um, payment history. Meaning, do you make on-time payments? Do you pay off in full? So those two things together are going to make the most difference. So keep your limits low. It's even better if you could keep them to zero and pay and then make regular on-time payments and don't be late and ideally pay things off in full, especially if you could do that every month. That's going to make the biggest difference. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, I've talked to a lot of loan officers who say the six months before you get a loan and even up to a year, that's a crucial time. You do not want to be fiddling with anything. You don't want to move money around. You don't want to open new lines of credit. You don't want to, you don't want to give the lender any reason to, um, to, to throw off the underwriting process to say that you may not, you may be a riskier borrower, um, which is what all that credit card activity could tell them. Um, but yeah, just doing normal things like making your normal purchases on a credit card or two and then paying them off on full, that's probably the best, that's probably the best plan. And one of the things I, that struck me about her question is she says, so because I don't have at least seven to 10 open credit lines, my score won't move, Credit Karma says. And I think that like people may be reading too literally the Credit Karma, like, you know, they give yeah. you like an assessment. 
Like, yeah, here's what you, why your score might be in this range. You know, you don't have seven to 10 open credit lines. Like credit karma is basing this on like their out, their like take on what goes into the FICO score, but you're not really getting a FICO score from credit karma. Um, yeah. I would say if you really want to get a FICO score, the best estimate of where you're going to be at, because that's what mortgage lenders are looking at today, FICO scores, then you should go to a free credit score that will actually give you a FICO score. Um, you can get those through some, a lot of credit cards offer free FICO scores now, but if you don't, you can always, you don't have a credit card that offers that. You can always use the Discover Scorecard, which is free. Just Google Discover Scorecard. You can get a free FICO. And I think that's a better, and my free FICO is always a little bit lower than my Credit Karma credit score, I've noticed. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because it's it's a different scoring model. And one yeah. thing that I've also learned is that even the free FICO scores, so I'm, I'm not sure, hold on, I'm going to go to, um, we worked really hard on uh, Magnify Money. We, were, we worked really hard on a, on a guide to where you can get your free FICO score and your free credit score. Because like I said, a lot of these free credit scores, they may not even be a real FICO. And not only that, mm. they may be giving you a credit score estimate, quote unquote, like based yeah. on some information from one of the credit bureaus, not from all three. And it, it makes things complicated because some lenders like – so Bank of America may – May you know you may apply for a mortgage loan through Bank of America. They're going to have their own mortgage yes underwriting scoring, scoring system. Yep. It's going to be di slightly different than whatever you see online. So these are really just tools meant to give you an idea of where you're at. Like you shouldn't take them so literally at face value. When Bank of America or Bank ABC or whatever runs your credit, they're going to give you a whole. They're going to give you a different yep. score just because that's the way it is. Um, and these, of course, these banks are not going to tell us exactly what they're you know, credit scoring Looking. models are like, because those yep. are like closely held secrets and whatnot. But if you're going to get an estimate online, you should at least make sure you're getting the best one. And I think right now, like for, in terms of like free available to everybody, the discover scorecard yep. is, I is agree. probably the best bet. Because when I, so I, I had my, my uh, score recently pulled for, from the actual bank. Cause I was, when a Superman and I were looking for homes, I said, well, let me see what my score is officially. And so I had gone on some of the free sites. I couldn't understand why I couldn't move past like um, like it was like seven thirty. I'm like, what? I that doesn't seem right. And Discover Scorecard told me I had I had an eight oh two, and I was like, that sounds more like it. So, then it was, <laughs> so when <laughs> so when M and T Bank pulled my credit score, that's exactly what it was. So I had a range. I think the lowest my lowest was a seven eighty. Then I had like a I don't know maybe like a, a seven ninety something whatever, and then an eight oh two. And so I said, okay. So that was, this Discover was the only one that was, I mean, it was literally the exact same one. So I was like, wow, this is literally the most accurate. Um, so yeah, just be mindful of that. I, I mean, and, and not dissing some of these free credit score sites, because what I do like about them is that in layman's terms, they break down the why. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. <clears throat> Bless you. So. Thank you. So in layman's terms, they break down the why. So I really appreciate those sites for that. Like, oh, this I'm understanding why I got to this number. So um, so it's not to, you know, to, to knock them down. But it's just that if you're looking, nobody gives you a more accurate score than the the financial institution that you actually want to get the house from or the car from or whatever. And, you know, but like like Mandy said, definitely does discover. I know from for a fact because that's the one I use. And I was like pleasantly surprised how they were basically right on point. <laughs> that's the best free one. And just one more thing about, and this is just going to make people probably be more upset, but credit karma, I just confirmed it went, I'm going to, I'm going to post a link to this magnify money credit score guide. Credit karma is giving you, and so is credit sesame and so is 
credit wise and even lending tree and my bank rate and all those free credit scores, nerd wallet, quizzle and on and on. They're giving you a van- a score under the Vantage score model. And the Vantage okay. score is a new credit model different than FICO. And it's catching on, but across the board, mortgage lenders, mortgage lenders are using the old FICO score. So okay. that's why your credit karma score is going to be different than like um, any FICO score, that you, a, FICO, a true FICO score estimate. Um, and the best option, honestly, if you really want to see your FICO score and get a good idea of what the lenders will see is you're going to have to pay for it from my FICO. Um, and they charge $59, 59 something for um, a FICO score. And they use an older FICO score model, two, four, and five. That's how, bu- that's okay. how far behind the mortgage industry is. Like they're still using FICO two, four, and five. And right now in, in modern America, there are FICO scores eight and nine, but the mortgage industry is just so slow. Like they're still using the older models. And a lot of these like newfangled credit score estimate sites are using newer ones, Vantage scores, newer FICO scores. Um, and I think that's why some people are probably confused that their scores may be like different across all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So now, you know, knowing is half the battle. Good question. And I will, <laughs> I'm going to post this, um, post this guide on, uh, on the show notes. So if you're looking in iTunes or even on brownambitionpodcast.com, look for a link to the free credit score guide. Mm, look at you. Just a, a, a barrel of um, resources. We work so hard. <laughs> You're like, y'all go get this. Y'all are going to read this resource, <laughs> this free gift from me to you. Um, shout out to Allie, our intern, who, who helped us with that guide. All right. We're ready to move on to some. What is next? I'm losing all track of our of the show today. It's time for all I do is win, 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 no matter what. I hope I didn't do this one before, but you know I have the memory I'll of the let you know. world. And it's, I know. I was like, so did I do a win about the app, the Credit Stacker app? No, I don't. Uh, wait, I don't think so. No. Ah, look at me. Meanwhile, I have literally no memory. So, so there's this app called Credit Stacker that is very similar to Candy Crush. And it was built by, oh, don't give me the line. Let me find this young woman. This young woman who is of brown ambition descent, if you know what I mean, and I think you do. Um, And I'm just like super excited because it's been downloaded like, let me see, a bajillion times. Her name is, uh, they're called, Forbes is actually calling this woman the next Steve Jobs, which is pretty awesome. Um, She made a Candy Crush clone that teaches you basic finance. And I'm like, her name is Angel Rich. And I just thought that's so awesome, right? Like a fun game that teaches you about personal finance, but lets you play it like, um, like uh like Candy Crush. So I just wanted to shout so like share a little bit of a win to um Miss Angel Rich in creating this awesome app that teaches folks, you know. Um yeah, it's like multiple you well, two hundred and fifty thousand uh people got the app within the first two weeks of launching. Wow. Oh, wow. Credit it's, stacker. It's gotten, yes. I, I actually downloaded it, I'm not gonna lie. I haven't um I haven't played with it yet. Um but I, I downloaded it because it's free. Yeah, I'm just really, just to see like this young woman building this dope app that's actually fun, but then teaching financial education, I think it's just a win, win, win. Win, win. Yeah. Good. Credit stacker. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, check it out. Get it. Play it. Let us know how you feel about it. Okay, so my win is going to be, um, I'm going to be on Cheddar TV tomorrow. If you guys are listening early <laughs> in the morning, catch me on Cheddar TV. So Cheddar is a millennial-focused online 
um, what would you call it, broadcast platform. So they live stream from the New York Stock Exchange. And I will be there tomorrow talking about what happens to debt after you get married. Dun, dun, yes. Dun. Dun, dun, dun. I love yes, cheddar. I, honestly, me too. Honestly, even though like you giggled that like, you know, that they're. Oh, I forgot they're, we um, talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's your, their logo is Swiss cheese, but whatever. The logo is not That's cheddar. Right. Exactly, <laughs> like that's Swiss. Cheddar and honestly, I love how chill they are and how fun they are and how like so. Yeah, if you are not following Cheddar on Facebook or Instagram, you should be, especially if you are like you know wanting to learn about money in a fun way. Because Mandy's gonna be on. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Congratulations! Thanks, man. So catch me on Cheddar in the manana, and you, Missy. Please get better. I hope that you, I, I hope that you're healed. By the time you get to Aussie land. Yes. I'm going to take my NyQuil before night NyQuil because I have DayQuil. Take NyQuil tonight. I'm going to go to bed early. Superman is like trying to wrap this like wool scarf around my head. I'm like, if you don't get away from me. (laughs) (laughs) I know. He's like, babe, he made me soup and like maybe put on sweats, socks, a t-shirt, a hoodie. I'm like, I'm literally dying. It's hot outside. He's like, you have to sweat it out. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you have your doctorate degree? (laughs) (laughs) That's what moms say, sweat it out. No, like, take some, uh, I'm a big fan of zinc. I always take zinc before I get on flights. It's supposed to boost your immune system. And I feel like there's so many germs on planes, but zinc, it's like the only mineral, the vitamin I think that is supposed to help if you're feeling sick from a cold um, or a virus that really can't be cured with antibiotics. Yeah, that's what I've read. So it makes me feel better. Zinc. Hot tea with ginger, lemon, honey, um, a lot, a lot, a lot of trash TV always helps me feel better. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, um, yeah, I'm going to honestly like literally curl up. I made my list of things to pack. Well, thank goodness my flight is at five because I have not. He said, just take tonight to rest because I'm, I took the d- tomorrow off, obviously, because I'm traveling. But like I'm going to pack tomorrow morning i'm not my um i'm going with my um my publicist slash best friend she hates when i tell people she's my best friend she was like oh my god stop telling people i'm like why because <laughs> she's like you know she Trina. wants to see more professional i know in these streets like no i'm your publicist i'm like hey girl whatever Trina's a boss we all know that exactly i'm like Trina, you don't have to prove to nobody so she i'm going with her because she has a client that she's going there with and she's like you should come i'm like uh i'm there so um, I'm going to have a dope time. I just want to be have a dope time and not be dead. So wish I, me luck. You're going to get better. You're going to have a great trip. Happy, happy birthday trip. Yes. I'm doing it like um, my arms are out to my side. I know you guys like the visuals. My arms are out to the side and my hand is in a fist. And I'm doing that, that shimmy that, you know, you see like older women do. Like, yes. They lean forward and lean back. Yeah. Shaky, shaky forward. Shaky, shaky back. That's my yes, just so you can see. And I'm wearing a bright orange Orlando, Florida. It's more like a fluorescent pink, actually, sweatshirt that Superman forced on me. So, yes, in my bright um, pink. Get into it. Just a little visual to leave you with. Good night, y'all. Go to go to sleep. <laughs> Feel better. <laughs> Get better oh, soon. Baby. You're not going to remember any of this episode. I'm back. <laughs> Bye.
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.